Hey there, welcome to Drupal Easy Podcast, episode 208. My name is Mike Anello. Thanks for joining us as always. Joining me today, our guest is a new name, a new face to the Drupal community, someone who, if you're going to DrupalCon Nashville, you'll likely be seeing at least a little bit of. Uh, her name is Brooke Candelaria. She is the new conference director for the Drupal Association. So, hey, Brooke, how are you? Hey, Mike. Great to be with you today. Great. Welcome to Drupal. Thank you. You haven't really been like through initiation yet, I, I don't think, until you get to a DrupalCon. I have to agree. I'm only getting the initiation virtually so far, but I cannot wait to get to Nashville. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of like if you know if you think like a Greek life um, society in college, like a sorority or a fraternity. You're kind of like I don't think they use the word pledging anymore. I know that when um, I was in my fraternity, we started out as quote unquote associate members, and we didn't really become full members for a little while. And I feel like that's where you are right now. You're not quite there yet, but after. Once you kind of go through the crucible of a DrupalCon, you'll, you'll be one of us. That's true. We used to call it rushing and then pledging, and then you get sort of, you know, inducted into your sorority. So I have been through that, yes. But you're right. It's, it's all about actually experiencing a full DrupalCon. That's when you're really in. Right. So when did you start with the Drupal Association? I actually started right before Thanksgiving. So uh, it was pretty interesting to start and then have a few days off and then, you know, go through the holidays and have the ability to not have to rush into things quite as much as you usually do in a new position. Right. I, I, would, I, I would guess taking a job around the holidays allows you to kind of ease into things uh, at least a little bit because there's some built-in breaks there and no one's really going full tilt unless you're, you know, launching a product on the first of the year. Mm -hmm. So did you find this job? I mean, were you looking or did, or were you approached about this position? Like how did, how did, you know, this match happen? I was working on a few freelance opportunities. And so I was just doing a whole bunch of little things. Some of them were here in Houston, Texas, where I live. Some were in other places, a lot of virtual, but really this job found me. I was not looking for a new opportunity at the time, but I was introduced to the Drupal Association through a friend of a friend and here I am. So what's your background? Well, um, I'm originally from upstate New York, so shout out to anybody from the Northeast. Um, I have a liberal arts background. I actually studied fine arts, so I was painting. Uh, then realized that I probably couldn't make a living doing that. And another love of mine was any kind of communication, so I began in public relations. And um, I was lucky to work on a number of tech accounts at various companies and agencies. And I got to the point where I was only working with tech accounts when everything was going nuts on the internet. And we were going crazy over the browser wars. Blogs were few and far between. And that's where I think the media was trying to find its footing as they began to wonder what was going to happen to print. So you've worked with other open source projects before. I, I, I'm... I've read. Yeah, that's true. I did. In fact, um, I was um, when I came back, I actually worked in the UK for a few years and did all high-tech PR. And when I came back to the States, that would have been sort of early 2000s. And I worked with a company called IDG World Expo. At the time, we ran larger trade shows such as Macworld and Linux World. So I'd say that Linux World was probably my first foray really into open source. And, uh, and that was my, my real first exposure. 
at that time, many of the exhibitors and sponsors were really trying to figure out their business model. So a lot of it, as you can imagine, was really buzz, right? There was a lot of buzz back then. Great mix of attendees, all kinds of backgrounds. And we even had a mascot. Her name was Penelope Copyleft. Of course, she was a penguin. Um, she wore a backpack with a red herring sticking out of it. She had a gardenia in her hair and she wore, she wore pearls. Um, and I actually went to a theater company in Boston to have it made by a professional costumer. And yes, I did wear it. So I have had mascot experience. It sounds like your background started in public relations, but then some, at some point it kind of transitioned into event management. Is that the right phrase? That's, that's right. And the reason it, it seemed like a natural progression is that I was doing so many events first for the media, then I was working for an actual trade show producer, but I was still in public relations. I began to learn a lot more about the operations behind it when I was at IDG World Expo. And I think it was a natural progression to then start a small, sort of a, a custom event planning company and it was after that that I went to a much larger, more of an experiential marketing agency for a number of years. So did you know anything about Drupal prior to, you know, last November? I'd heard of it, but the closest I had come, I'd say, was probably Python, uh, which is also an open source language. However, um, I, of course, I was aware of, you know, some of the more um, common commercially available solutions when it comes to building websites and ambitious digital experiences. Um, but I'd say that that was a little bit newer to me. Um, I did, however, have a friend who works at IBM and mentioned to me that she was working in Drupal and she was working on that to build the various sections of the website that she was writing and creating. All right. Very good. So you know, we all want to hear about DrupalCon Nashville and what's in store. And I, I, I couldn't imagine that anyone is going to have more information about that than you. Before we get to that, though, um, so this is kind of like, you know, we have to eat our vegetables before we can get to dessert. Let me real quick mention our sponsor, which is DrupalAid.com. So DrupalAid provides same-day critical security updates for your Drupal website. So this kind of takes the pain out of having to maintain, you know, kind of the day-to-day -day maintenance of your Drupal site. They work with Drupal 6, 7, and 8. There are no setup fees. Plans start at 99 bucks a month. And the way it works is if there's a security update for Drupal Core or a module that, that, that you use on site, they will get that module updated and tested and pushed to your live environment um, uh, pretty darn quickly. They also um, uh, you know, make sure that things are tested well. They have both uh, manual testing and automated testing. And they also offer flat rate host-to-host -host Drupal migrations. So basically, if you've got a Drupal site on, um, you know, let's say, Linode and you want to move it to another host, uh, they will um, do that for a flat rate. Every month they will run a speed test, do a manual site check, check for module updates, check for broken links, and do a security can, uh, scan on your site. Um, and finally, they actually have an affiliate program as well. So if you refer clients, let's say you're an agency and you refer clients to DrupalAid.com, then you will get a 10% commission each and every month that that uh, client is a customer of DrupalAid.com. So that's money in your pocket. 
So definitely you want to check them out at DrupalAid.com. All right, Brooke. So I actually, I don't know if you've heard the last couple of podcasts, but um, what I'd like to do is I, if I know who the upcoming guests are, I will mention you know, it at the end of the previous podcast. And a couple um, podcasts ago, we had uh, Heather Rodriguez, who um, hopefully that name sounds familiar. She is uh, one of the track chairs for the Being Human track. And I asked her a question that she didn't know the answer to. And I said, well, I bet that when Brooke comes on, she's either going to, well, she's going to know the answer and she's either going to be able to tell me the answer or not. And just to be fair, Brooke, I did not put this in the rundown because I wanted to kind of spring it on you. <laughs> <laughs> so you're welcome. Welcome to the community. Thank you. <laughs> and completely understand if you can't um, say anything. But one thing that uh, I've noticed and a couple other people have mentioned to me is that none of the keynotes have been announced yet. And we're just wondering, is there is there going to be some big announcement? Is there anything you can... I mean, other than we, I'm assuming that, you know, Dries is going to keynote on, on the first day. But... Um, are those announcements coming? Is there anything that you can tell us or kind of what's the deal with the keynotes? Because I think you, normally by this time, you know, we're what, a month out, a little more than a month out. Usually we have some idea. I believe that we're going to be able to announce uh, one of them as soon as uh, this coming week. So by the time this airs, you should know our remaining set of keynoters. And I'd love to say more, but I can't tell you. I know who one of them is going to be. And I think everybody's going to be pretty excited. Let's just put it that way. So here's what I'm going to do. Since this podcast isn't going to come out till after the announcement, once the announcement is made, I might edit the podcast and try and imitate your voice as if you gave us an exclusive. Would that be okay with you? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. We'll see how that goes. Okay. All right. So. Big picture, what, you know, so, you know, we're going to Nashville. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks who are listening to this who have been to a DrupalCon before. What what can we expect? Well, let me ask you first, Mike, have you ever been to Nashville? My experience with Nashville is, uh, I would say, a good 15 years ago, I went to a conference, a software conference, um, the Borland Software Conference. At the time, I was I was. Um, working uh, for the state of Florida and I was using Borland Delphi and they sent me. Oh my, that's going back. Yeah, it is. And they sent me to Nashville to the, um, and I always, I always forget the name. I didn't actually get downtown. I was in like that huge building with the atrium. Oh, you were at the Gaylord. You were at Opryland. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. I don't know if that counts as Nashville. Technically, I think it was, you know, at least near the city limits, but I never actually saw Nashville. So I'm really looking forward to that. So the answer is you haven't really been to Nashville. Okay, fair enough. Um, I just want to remind everybody, of course, that DrupalCon will take place April 9th to the 13th at Nashville Music City Center. And let me tell you what, this, this venue is so beautiful. It's only a few years old and it's smack dab in the middle of downtown. For us, whenever we try to decide where we want to host DrupalCon, it's really important to us to have a very lively city. It's a progressive city. It has a lot of vibrant culture, music, arts, lots of things to do, and walkability because we'd like people to be able to not feel like they're commuting all the time. All right. So I'm excited because it's a very fun place, and I think everyone's going to be in for a real treat. And Frankly, you don't even have to like Johnny Cash to love this city. 
with the tons of live music, a really hopping social scene, fantastic food. We will have mild weather. And Music City Center is right next door to the Country Music Hall of Fame, which is supposed to be a pretty cool place. Yeah, it's kind of fun because we've been to a few cities in the past few years that are just really well known for having great music scenes. And it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and especially here, you can just go down the street and literally go from one place to another to another and hear different bands playing live. And it's just, it's just a lot of fun. But let's talk about the daytime because we have some amazing learning opportunities for developers and project managers site builders, content strategists, CXOs, engineering directors, agency owners, and a lot more. So this is a week packed with great education, networking, and of course, fun. And I am very happy to tell you that uh, this time we have nearly 200 sessions already scheduled. This is an all-time record. We were not trying for it. It's just that we had so much great content that we wanted to try to find a way to fit it all in. So the first complaint that people are going to say is there were too many sessions competing against one another. There was too much good content, which I think is the problem you want to have. And actually, Mike, this is really interesting. 33% of presenters who submitted papers self-identified as being part of an underrepresented group. And 40% of our accepted speakers had self-identified as being part of an underrepresented group. Now that's amazing, right? That seems to be a lot higher than previous DrupalCons, if my memory serves. Yeah, somewhere in the neighborhood of, I think, twice as you know, twice the percentage at least for accepted. Is that right? Um, yeah, it's it's quite a bit larger, um, and it's because really just making making it part of our point to be as inclusive as possible. Um, has invited in so many individuals who, again, they're, they're given the option to not do it or to check off something when they're, when they're submitting. And of course, as you know, our, those who decide which content is accepted, they look at it on the merits of the content. It's just that we're very excited about this very high participation rate. It's something that we embrace and we're excited about. And we have a lot of new speakers this year. So I hope that people are pretty excited about that like we are. Yeah, that's that that's that's pretty awesome. How about on Monday? I know that there's there's summits, there's trainings. I'm actually giving one of the trainings. What kind of things are going on on, on Monday? Oh boy, there are so many things. Well, this time we've actually added um, a new summit. It's called the Decoupled Summit. It's a full day of sharing API-first experiences, and it's a discussion of how to improve the tool set and lower the barriers to decoupling your rendering layer from Drupal's backend. That's going to be a really good one. So um, that, that's what, that's probably going to fill up pretty soon. I've been watching the numbers, and it's, it's getting kind of full. Yeah, I can't. I, I'd have to imagine that that one would be pretty popular because, you know, decoupled stuff is, is very just kind of hot right now. It sure is. And you'll hear it in a lot of other sessions. You know what I mean? You'll, you'll, you'll hear it in the keynotes, too. Um, so you'll it'll be kind of threaded throughout. I should also mention that um, we also have 12 different hands-on training sessions. And obviously, as you know, we're going to have them for beginner, intermediate, and advanced learners. So for example, uh, we have site building for Drupal 8. We have automated workflows in Drupal 8 with GitHub, Composer, and CircleCI. 
We also have advanced web accessibility training for Drupal developers. So there is going to be a nice variety of really in-depth, like seriously roll up your sleeves training. So one of my favorite things of DrupalCon is uh, trivia night. <laughs> I like to go out at night and like have dinner with friends and, but I can't go out every night and stay out late and then be, you know, functional the next day. I hear you. So normally what I will do is I will go out with friends, have a nice dinner, maybe, you know, go to a bar, just, you know, game night or something. But I kind of save my energy for trivia night. I am so glad you do because um, I'm going to be helping to host trivia night this year. I'm very excited about it. I know about some past trivia nights and this time we are going to have it at this super cool venue, which is of course walking distance from Music City Center. It's called City Winery and they have fabulous food, fabulous drinks. And I love the fact that when you walk in, they have this really kicking sound system and a permanent stage and nice big screens. Let's just say it's going to be really fun. It will fill up fast. The doors open at eight and we start trivia at nine. Uh, it'll be a fun fun night, late night, lots of competition, lots of laughs, and some super great music. So you don't want to miss that. The bar is pretty high for trivia night venues, though, because there have been some amazing ones in the past. I hope we can do it justice. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, can I go back and tell you about some of the other neat stuff that are happening throughout the week? Yeah, of course. Of course. Because we have... I feel like you have a list or something there. <laughs> oh, well, you know. Um, I'm not looking at my program guide because that's still in production. Um, but I can tell you that we have a lot of focus tracks. We have about 14 tracks this year. And we're going to be covering everything from back-end development to front-end development content and editorial, DevOps, PHP, site building, project management, technical leadership, user experience, and a lot more. And don't forget, we have sprints running Tuesday through Friday, including mentored sprints. And as is customary, as you know, Friday is that big sprint day um, with general sprints and mentored core sprints, as well as our first time sprinter workshop. And I've noticed that a lot of people who have registered our first timers. So I'm, I'm super excited for them to come and experience this um, as a, you know, a brand new member. And uh, of course we'll have birds of a feather sessions too. So people can dive into these tough topics in a, in a smaller setting. One of the things that I always find interesting is I know that there, there's always a, um, a new, um, Kind of like a newbie reception. I forget, I don't know what the, yes. the first time attendee reception. First timers, yes. Yeah. And one thing that I've I, I like to do, and I don't I don't know if everyone realizes that they probably should do it, is that you I think that people who have like you don't have to be a first timer to go to that reception. I right because I think it's really good that people who have been around go to that reception and make an effort to you know introduce themselves to first timers and just kind of start that networking kind of going. Yeah. And what they do, right. is it's natural, especially if you're going on your own the first time, it's natural to be a little shy. Okay. And to feel maybe at first a little intimidated. And then you find that you are with other people who are experiencing their first time too. So you're trying to fill your way around, but then there are people who will be kind of weaving themselves through the crowd 
and introducing themselves as veterans of the conference. I think that they're going to be able to make people feel very much at home. I'm also really excited because the venue itself is very conducive to networking. There's a lot of natural light. It's very beautiful. And let me just, I, I want to save some things that people can kind of feel it for themselves. But when they get there, I think they're going to feel extremely welcome. And the nice thing too, is that this, um, this welcome conference for the, the first timers also ends just before we open the exhibit floor on Monday evening. And that's important because we have an outstanding group of exhibitors and sponsors in Nashville, and you'll get to see some new faces as well as reconnect with others you look forward to seeing each year. So don't miss that opening reception on April 9th. And then the exhibits, of course, are, are open from April 10th to the 12th. So it's Monday night opening reception, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for the exhibits. Yeah, those exhibits are not around on Friday or, or, or the following week. That's right. We break, we break them down midway through the afternoon on Thursday. This allows um, our exhibitors to be able to, some of them have to leave late on Thursday. And really, Friday's all about sprinting. So we want to keep it, you know, just very focused on that. I should also mention, um, we are are going to have our traditional women in Drupal reception at the super fun honky tonk called Tin Roof on Tuesday. So that'll be a real Nashville experience. And it doesn't mean you just have to be a female who's in Drupal. It's a way to celebrate um, the fact that, you know, that women make up a small amount of, of the um, participants in Drupal. And this is for it doesn't matter, you know, what, what your gender is, but just ha- helping to represent and support the women in Drupal is what we do. So that'll be really fun too. And that's on Tuesday night, you said? It is. And don't forget also, we do have sponsored um, receptions that our most important partners will put on in the evenings. And so people will know about those. And you can always go to the website because the social events get posted on the website. So here's another question that I hear a lot is, um, do you need a ticket to DrupalCon to participate in the sprints on Friday? On Friday, you do not. And you do need to have tickets to participate in some of the sprints during the week. So what I recommend you do is you check first and make sure that you know which sprints you're going to and which ones require tickets. Um, additionally, for the opening reception on Monday in the exhibit hall, you do not require a ticket. So somebody would like to bring along a friend, you know, a plus one, they can actually do that if they wish. All right. And how about in the past, there have been like 24-hour coder lounges. It's normally at like the official hotel or something like that. Is, is there anything like that this year? This year, we're not having a 24-hour coder lounge. Um, we wanted to try to keep as many things inside the venue itself versus at hotels as we could. All right. So I want to ask you a couple questions about Drupal Europe and just kind of Drupal cons in general. But before we move on to that, did, did, I, did we cover everything that we need to cover for Nashville? Yeah, I think we're pretty good for Nashville. Okay. It's going to be awesome. I mean, it's always it's always a lot of fun. I am so excited. All of us are over at the association, and I know so many of you in the community are, and I can't wait to meet you in person. Yeah. Can we agree that if you're sick before you come to uh, Nashville, just don't come to Nashville. Don't get everybody else sick. 
That makes me crazy. Yeah, that's a good idea. So totally take your vitamins, everybody, and drink lots of water and absolutely lots of hand sanitizer. Yes, absolutely. Actually, at a Florida Drupal camp a couple of weekends ago, um, we actually decided that we were going to have an official greeting of the camp, which was basically a fist bump followed by like an exploding fist bump. Um, because we, we, you know, with the flu and everything, we just, you know, I, I, I hate getting sick. Um, I, luckily, I don't get sick that often, but you always hear these stories about someone or a group, you know, not just someone, but more than a few people, you know, getting sick and passing, you know, the sniffles around or something. So, you know, just that's OK. And and if anybody wants to come and and wear, you know, the, the, the little medical mask and everything, we will not judge anybody whatsoever. We will be very understanding. Yeah, But just get some rest. You don't have to go out every night. I'm going to be like the, the old guy in the corner yelling at the young kids, like go home and get some rest one night and you'll feel better and not get sick. So so we can call you the Grumpasaurus Rex. You know, I'm not grumpy that often, but, you know. I, I just it just makes me crazy when there's like sick people running around at a conference. I do agree. Let's all be responsible and respectful and have fun. All right. So Drupal Europe. This is you know th- this is a big challenge for you, no doubt for the, for the entire DA. Um, this is the first year we're kind of doing. You know the the DA said okay we're gonna hit the pause button on DrupalCon Europe this year because we want to take a step back, back, reassess, and come back with something that's better, stronger financially responsible, you know, in 2019. Um, so knowing all that and, you know, the past couple of weeks, we've started to see some momentum for the, uh, the Drupal Europe event, which is taking place outside Frankfurt. And it's my understanding the DA has some, like, I don't want to say involvement. That's not the right word, but supporting that event, I guess, is maybe a better word for it. So maybe give us the big picture of like, you know, where kind of all of that stands and how's progress and figure out exactly what a, a, a DrupalCon Europe is going to look like in the future. Of course. I'm glad you asked. I mean, let's get back to this, that our mission is to serve the global Drupal community, right? And so this means we would like to hold DrupalCons globally. DrupalCon is an important lever for advancing Drupal. And we felt that in North America, it does achieve this mission. And let's face it, it is our leading income source, which is critical because all of this gets invested back into Drupal.org. This is what makes our association run to serve at the pleasure of the community. Now for Europe, we want to have a DrupalCon because the community is significant. But um, really, our operational model was not working. We lost money every year. The project cannot afford that. And we know it's not a Drupal problem, it's a product problem. So we studied the camps and the camps throughout Europe are on the rise, whereas DrupalCon attendance was on the decline for a number of reasons. And um, really, for example, sponsorship sales were significantly lower. In fact, 500,000 lower on average than North America, right? Big number. And agencies don't want to sponsor it because it wasn't generating leads for them or Maybe they weren't even doing businesses in, in those countries. So if you're not doing business in those countries, it doesn't really make sense. Plus, from the expense side, it does cost a lot more to bring together a large group of people in Europe than it does in North America. And um, I have to just note as sort of a PS, we're not alone in having had this challenge. 
In fact, the Linux Foundation and Docker and WordPress ran into the same economic problems. Um, you know, and as, as Megan likes to say, Einstein is generally credited with saying insanity is repeating the same mistakes and expecting different results. And so that's a long way of telling you, Mike, that yes, we decided we had to take 2018 off. And what we did was um, we did put out a call for bids to license DrupalCon Europe. Bids are due at the end of March, and we'll see how it goes. And um, yes, I acknowledge what you were saying. In the meantime, the community is creating Drupal Europe to serve the community. It is not a DrupalCon, but um, we're supporting them in that we know that they want the space to reset expectations, and they're looking to make this one an MVP for a future business model. So we really hope that you, the community, will follow them, that you'll go to the conference, and that you'll sponsor them and, and try to really make this a great experience. You know, I'm really glad you mentioned um, the other open source communities and what they're doing in Europe, because I was going to actually ask you that. And because for me, that would be kind of like step one is, okay, it's not, we can't figure it out yet. So have other open source communities figured it out? And if so, what are they doing? But it sounds like there's a lot of open source communities kind of struggling with the same issues right now. Is that a fair statement? In general, yes. And I would not say that I'm, um, you know, an expert or an industry analyst in all of this, but it's just that we all understand that there are some shared pain points. And so I think we're all trying to be intelligent, thoughtful, clever, and economic minded while trying to find a way to, you know, to really support this community and celebrate this community and to help advance the causes of open source overall. So kind of reiterating what you said, I, I'm going to reiterate it just because I want to make sure I, I understand and our listeners understand it. So you said that for DrupalCon next year, that's something that the Drupal Association is going to license um, the, the DrupalCon name to some organization to run the event. So is that something that you're looking for professional conference organizations to put bids in on or is that something where um, like local communities like the like the Drupal Camp London folks would be doing stuff like what type of bids are you looking or are you expecting to receive for this we're expecting both we're expecting um, both the professional organizers who have this the you know the core skills of putting on an excellent conference and they would need to bring in the Drupal experts who are respected in the community to be um, basically their advisors. Or um, we're expecting um, bids in as well from community-based, you know, um, sort of ad hoc committees maybe that have come together and know that what DrupalCon needs is X, Y, Z as far as content. And maybe they bring in a contractor who has the excellence in the production end of things. And so we're, we're definitely expecting a blend. And we're hoping that by March 30th, which is our deadline to receive these, that we're going to be able to have a number of really good bids in that we could then review. And of course, the process takes a little while because we want to give a lot of thought and consideration to everybody's responses. And then we'll be conducting interviews after that to determine um, the best group to be able to carry on and steward the brand correctly. Right. So, okay, I'm, I might get into the weeds a little bit here, but I, I find this kind of really interesting. So from a financial standpoint, does this mean that, like, are these bids going to include things like 
um, at the at the end of the event, you know, we propose, you know, at the end of the event, the Drupal Association, we will give the Drupal Association X number of dollars from this event. Like, is it that type of bidding or is the bid more kind of holistic isn't the best word, but, you know, here's our plan for putting on this event. And if everything goes well, then we'll split the the revenue, you know, the, the profits from the revenue, you know, with these percentages. Is that or is it just a little bit of everything? It's a little bit of everything, and we're open to what makes the most sense from a fiscal and business standpoint. And that is because, remember, we're benchmarking now, right? And in in the understanding of what benchmarking means, it means understanding what a new group can do to help carry the brand in a way that's much more organic, that's much more regionally based, and so therefore, we didn't want to tie any really strong and strict stipulations to that. Um, again, the way that we like to operate as an association is looking at what's the most sensible thing for our business. So I think that, you know, definitely check back in with us because that is going to be TBD. And we'll, we'll be able to announce more, of course, as we uh, discover who the right partner is going to be. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just a, it's a. For me, at least, I don't know if it's fascinating for everybody, but I, I find it really interesting to try and figure out this puzzle and what the what the right combination of, of things is to make this a, uh, a viable event in the future. I think so too, and it's going to be really interesting once we get to the um, the part where we're creating these you know opportunities to um, to meet with these people at least virtually to do these interviews. I'm very much looking forward to those uh, because it's like you're interviewing somebody for a really really important job. So let me uh, mention a couple quick things. And so hang on a few minutes because we've got the fun part of the podcast, at least uh, for you, coming up. Okay. Let me mention, uh, as Brooke alluded to a few minutes ago, uh, we will be doing one of the full-day trainings, uh, Drupal Easy uh, being we, at DrupalCon Nashville on Monday, April 9th. It's the Introduction to Drupal 8 Module Development uh, full-day workshop on Monday. So we put, I'll have the link in the show notes, but check that out. You can go to drupalcon.org and check that out as well. So be sure to register for that. Uh, this podcast will actually come out on the first day of class for our next semester of Drupal Career Online, which is our premier 12-week, three-half-day-a-week uh, live online Drupal training program. If you're interested... Class starts tonight, so you better get a move on, um, but we will accept new students this week only. After this week, you're kind of out of luck. So if you're interested in the class, by all means, go to drupaleasy.com slash DCO for Drupal Career Online for all the information and contact us ASAP. So let's go ahead and let's do five questions next. Um, so some of these are not super fair to you because you're, you know, <laughs> haven't been in the community for that long. So I'm going to reword a couple of them for you. Uh, the okay. first one is, so let's say, name something interesting you do outside of your day job. Ooh, I do lots of stuff. Um, but I'd probably put it into two buckets. Um, number one is I'm kind of a local tourist. I mean, I'm not a native Houstonian, but after, after 10 years of living downtown, I've really fallen in love with this diversity where more than a hundred languages are spoken every day. And my husband and I are really engaged in the community. We host lots of visitors. We do boat tours. We visit landmarks, go to a lot of festivals. We do art events. 
We do a lot of charity events and much more. Um, we have more than 11,000 restaurants, which is awesome because I'm a foodie. And in Houston, I mean, dining out really is a competitive sport. I can go on for hours, but let's just say um, as a certified tourism ambassador, I'm always looking for the next great thing to do in Houston. So that's one thing. Um, the second thing is travel. I, you know, when it comes to travel, there's never enough time, but I've been fortunate to see more than 50 countries so far. I did live in the UK for a few years that allowed me to visit quite a few countries. And I did live in Dubai for a few months, which is fascinating. My travel bucket's pretty long, so I got to get going. So first of all, uh, you really needed to mention what you did last weekend because it, inbo- it involved like a rodeo or something. Oh, yes. Well, um, the Houston Rodeo and Livestock Show has been going on since 1935, and it is actually the largest um, charity event in North America in terms of what it's raised. It's raised over $450 billion or something like that. It's really for the benefit of the future farmers of America, so think of it as a 4-H. So um, there are dozens and dozens of committees, and it takes about 80,000 volunteers to make it happen. I'm on ticket services. So I basically sell tickets to people who want to come and go to the carnival and go see the livestock show, see little chickies being born and pet all the cattle. And it's, it's just so cute. It's really cute. And we have concerts too. So, you know, Blake Shelton plays and it's fun. Can I ask, um, to what level were you affected by Hurricane, uh, is it Matthew last year with all the flooding? Harvey. Harvey, I'm sorry. I get my, uh, too many hurricanes to keep track of lately, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting in my home right now, my home office, and I'm looking across the street to where it was flooded. And we live right off of Allen Parkway, which is where the very famous Buffalo Bayou is. Strangely enough, My husband and I were stuck in upstate New York, which is where I come from originally. I had gone up um, to visit my family and work remotely. When Harvey came, we could only helplessly watch as the water came up and up and up and up. And we missed it by two vertical feet. So we're right behind a television station, the CBS station, which has now moved out. But we watched them live on YouTube getting flooded. And we thought, that's it. We're going to lose our house. So um, a lot of our friends were not very lucky. They lost their homes and their cars. And we were very fortunate because the only damage that we sustained at our house was from leakage from our rooftop deck. So it came in through the top, not up through the bottom. Oh, boy. That's rough. Yeah, but we couldn't get a flight home. We were, we were stuck up there. We were stuck up there for an extra week. And we finally called the car rental company and said, hey, we're just going to drive this car back to Texas. So 30-something hours later, there we came. Yeah, that is that is very lucky. Yeah, but Houston is, you know, as they say, Houston's strong. And um, it gave me a newfound respect for the city and the people. Yeah, it's hard not to come through something like that as a community, you know, stronger on the other side. Might take some time, but, you know, I think that happens more often than not. Absolutely. And Houstonians definitely have a way about them. Um, I think that's what... what kind of keeps me very engaged with this community. All right, let's move on to a lighter topic. What's your favorite movie of all time? <laughs> My favorite movie is, don't laugh, it's The Princess Bride. Oh, see, laugh, I'm, I'm going to hug you now because it's one of the greatest movies ever. <laughs> it is one of the most quotable movies of all time. And my husband and I even included parts of the movie in our wedding vows. And we'll just say something like, we'll turn to each other and be like, 
you know, trust me, I've known too many Spaniards, or I do not think that means what you think it means. You know, we, we quote it all the time. I love it. Did you have the officiant of the wedding start off by saying, marriage? Yes, we did. Oh, that was fantastic. So that is, a, that is a, as far as I'm concerned, an outstanding choice for favorite movie. Thank you. Thank you. Favorite music artist? Oh, man. I, I don't really have one because I like so many artists and genres. I mean, I like mainstream artists. I like Drake, Adele, Bruno Mars, Lady Gaga, etc. But I also like, um, I'd say, lesser known artists like Lake Street Dive. I like everything from pop to jazz to rock to like, you know, super cool, like 70s stuff to Britpop, to the standards. But what's your go-to? Like when you get in the car and either, you know, put on music from your phone or on, a, you know, a satellite radio or a radio station, like what's your go-to? I, I, I waver between 70s classic rock, like, you know, like Leonard Skinner, that kind of thing. And probably a lot of, I'm sorry, but I grew up with a lot of 80s pop. I love Duran Duran and nobody make fun of me because... You know, that's how I was raised. There's a lot of quality hair products in, in those bands. Exactly. Man, oh man, I used to wear spiky hair and big shoulder pads. Absolutely. All right. So here's one of my favorite questions. What is the last... And actually, I'm, I, I have high expectations for this based on what you did last weekend. <laughs> uh, what's the last exotic animal that you either hand-fed or held or interacted with in some way? Um, I had to think about this because it was really neat, all right? And... It was a rarefied experience with an elephant at a place called the Pinwala Orphanage. It's in Sri Lanka. And it was just me, the elephant, and his handler chilling in the water in this river. And I was scratching behind this elephant's ears with a coconut shell. And then he got the elephant up, and I jumped on top. And we we go on this really long walk through the forest. And it was, you know, it was like a two or three hour experience. And it was just me on this elephant on a little soft mat. That's it, just on the back of the elephant. And I just hung on to his thick hair because that's like reins. You know, the hair is so thick. And then at the end, this elephant was standing back in the river and he even gave me this bath. And oh my gosh, I still have a video of it somewhere on my phone. That trunk can hold a lot of water. I'm not sure that story is ever going to be topped on this podcast as far as the <laughs> exotic animal question it was amazing that's like something out of like a either a nature documentary or a movie or something oh my gosh but it was just great i mean it was just me and the handler and the handler and the elephant knew each other their whole lives so they were they were inseparable but you know this elephant knew i think i don't know they're just really smart and asian elephants are especially more docile than african ones and you can tell them apart by the size of their ears asian elephants have smaller ears and um, this guy was just, he was older, he was a mellow elephant, and he just was in no hurry, and he was like, hey, you're cool, that's all right, I can like, like, I'll let you off, and you can come jump back up if you want. But it was magic, you know, and being in Sri Lanka, I, I have to say that's a definite bucket list item. For our last question, we're going to put a pin in the last question, because you're new to the community, newish. What's it been, three, four months, something like that? Three. So I don't know. Even if you've had your tipping point Drupal moment, it might be the case where it hasn't registered that you've had it yet. So let's put a pin in this. And at some point in the future, when something is rolling with DrupalCon Europe, I'd love to have you back because kind of continue the conversation, kind of see how that bidding process went and just kind of dive into that a little bit. And we'll ask you this question again and, 
I'm going to bet that by then you'll have, you'll know, like you'll know like what moment, you know, what that moment is. Fair enough? That's very fair. And you know, it might happen the week of uh, April 9th. That's, that's maybe when the epiphany is going to happen. What do you think? Yeah, that's a, that's pretty good odds on that. So are you on social media? Anything that you want to, um, or any place that people can follow you? Yeah, I mean, I, I tweet about lots of different things. Sometimes I like, I like to tweet about technology, food, environmental things, and travel. Those are my favorite things. Um, and kind of obscure things related to all the above. So that's Brooke Can, B-R-O-O-K-E-C-A-N. I like to say if nobody else can, then Brooke can. That's like a very positive affirmation type of thing. You bet. I am, I am accused of being an optimist almost daily. And um, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm Brooke Can 2. So Brooke Can with the number 2. So let me get things wrapped up here. I want to mention our other sponsors, webenable.com and devpanel.com. Uh, longtime friends and sponsors of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more, just search for us on iTunes or Google Play or pretty much anywhere else that podcasts are served. And as always, you can go to drupalisi.com slash podcast and just use the little audio widget right there in your web browser to listen. And I think that's about it. So, uh, Brooke, welcome to the community. Thank you. You've got a busy five or six weeks, or well, by the time this podcast comes out, two or three weeks ahead of you. So uh, we're all rooting for you because if um, if you do well, then we all have a really good time, I guess, right? Uh, that's the way it's supposed to work, at least in my mind. Thank you. All right, and we will see everybody on the next Drupal. <laughs> I can't even say the name of my podcast. Okay, go ahead, try it again. Take two. We'll see everybody on the next Drupal Easy podcast. See ya.